0: You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. We are celebrating today with rolling out our new logo of our editing house division bookmark. This is a one-of-a-kind company. And the distinction being it is not a publishing house, but an editing house, which allows you, the author, to keep your copyright, never sacrifice professional execution, and do it all for a fraction of the cost of working with the bigger boys. Check it out at jhillmark.com slash bookmark. That's J Hill with two L's. And I'm going to get yelled at by Robert for asking this, but I want to ask you for another little favor. Robert always says, only ask for one thing. So today I'm breaking the rules. Head on over to Apple iTunes, leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz. I like to think of this as the little podcast that could and can and is doing. But we need help from people from time to time. So please give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And if anything that we've shared with you and the guests we've had on, the magnificent, magnanimous guests we've had on has made a significant difference in your life. My guest today, stopped what he was doing in his business, as it was just rolling right along to get right with his core values. Now, I've edited a ton of books, and I've helped a ton of authors put their books out. And my guest today is a friend, also a recent author, but his book stood out to me. That's what I want you to understand, because it introduces the concept of core values, This is a mindset for your company that when you get behind it will improve everything. It's not focused on any one thing. It's not focused on creating more revenue, not focused on creating more retention. It's not focused on improving your product, but by utilizing this mindset, by implementing this mindset, you will accomplish all of that and more. I am so excited today to have Thomas Keenan on the show. The recent author, unfuck your business, stop business, self-sabotage by getting clear on your core values now. He is an incredible, amazing, intuitive human being and businessman and a very dear friend. Please welcome the irrepressible Thomas Keenan.
1: Hey, Hill. How are you?
0: Hey, I am so good because you are on the show.
1: Yeah, this is really cool. Um, I've done a bunch of podcasts over the past couple of weeks and months and whatnot, yeah. and this is one that's been um, high on my agenda. I've been excited to to come over here and uh, and talk and maybe get some some good content into your audience so oh, they I can think, uh, get helped.
0: Well, it's important, and you're bringing a different concept to the table. That's what I love about it. There, are, A lot of people are pushing their stuff right now, and you know this as one of the content kings. And you see it. A lot of people are pushing their stuff, but they're detached from it. And so before we get too deep, because I feel like we can just like jump right off the deep end and go in and everybody on the show will be like, where are you going?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> let's introduce you. Tell us who you are, how you've gotten here to today so that people can follow along with your story and understand that you are not just advocating for core values, but you're living them.
1: Yeah, sure. That's um <laughs> we'll go back a long time. Um I guess it all started when I was about 16 years old. Uh I I was very interested in working on automobiles, cars in particular, um auto sound. And I was hanging out with a kid who was a little bit older than me. We we're driving around town and he had this uh, the setup in the back of his car was two speakers and an amplifier, and it was the loudest, coolest thing I had ever seen or heard in my entire life. <laughs> and um, I had been working on on cars with uh, some relatives that own businesses doing uh, auto body um, detailing, auto repair, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is kind of cool and all, but um, I found out that there was this thing called car audio, and I said, whoa, that's what I want to do. Like, this is really cool. I've always been into music. And I just knew instantly that that's where I was going. So, um, I guess as about a junior in high school, I started reading as much as I could on the subject, on the topic, uh, you know, how to perform the technical aspect of the work. And then, uh, fast forward a year, uh, my senior year of high school, I was forced to take a technical drawing class in order to graduate because I was a, just not a good student. Never was not in a structured environment, at least, um, so I had to take this elective called technical drawing, and um, I said to the uh, to the teacher, I said, Mr. Gargiulo, like <laughs> this this isn't me. Like, uh, uh, Is there anything that we can do here to possibly come at this from a different angle? And I had ordered, keep in mind, we're going back to 1996, 1997. The internet wasn't a big thing then, so you couldn't just go on to Amazon and order a copy of a book. So I had you know, written out this this order form, mail order form, and ordered this, this book, this textbook that was the MECP, Mobile Electronic Certified Professionals. It was this inch and a half thick book on how to become a certified car audio installer. So I hand him this book and I said, I'd really like to learn more about this. Maybe you can tell her a course around this subject for me. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, he goes, you know what? Because that sounds like a really good idea. He goes, let me, um, let me check with my superiors and I'll let you know. And about a week or two later, the guy came back and he's like, we got the green light, dude. He goes, I'm going to go through this book. He goes, I'm going to make up some courses and whatnot. And the final exam is going to be you taking the certification test, um, which was wild. And at the time, you know, now it's all automated. You go into a testing center to take these things at the time you could, um, You could find any local librarian and the librarian could proctor the test. So we walked up to the fourth floor of the high school and I'll never forget it. Mrs. Thumser was a school librarian and uh, we got her in on the gig too. And we said, Hey, we need your help. And she was such a sweet old lady. She said, yeah, no problem. So she put in all the paperwork and stuff that she had to do. And a couple months later there, I was taking this, this exam. It was a, a hot June day. Um, fourth floor of a high school with no air conditioning. It was disgusting. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I took the test and I scored a 77, just enough mm-hmm. to squeak by. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, that was really the kickstart of, of my car stereo career.
0: And that's a study in innovation too. That's what I love about this story. And it was like, no, this is not going to work for me, but I know a way around this. And so I'm going to put that out there you could have been hit with every objection. No, we're not going to do this. It's not the way we do it. But you went ahead anyway. And that's what I love about your story. And this is how you live your life. You look at your life, to me, since I've gotten to know you, you look at your life and go, nah, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way. Oh, that doesn't exist? Well, I'll just create it then. I'll just go ahead and architect the damn thing and it'll be in existence, and my life will get easier. And it's crazy, but it it's also really inspiring. So we have people listening, our main audience, as you know, are chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, who are hit with barrier after barrier after barrier every single day, no matter what it is. Well, I can't do this. I don't have the energy. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the resources. I don't have the... Whatever the case is, they don't have the knowledge, the experience. You as a 17-year-old decided, this is how I'm going to do it. So I want people listening to think about that. Don't go down this regular path and then, you know, hit all these obstacles and go, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Listen to what people like Thomas are doing. Listen to him. He rewrote his freaking graduation. That's amazing. I just got to clap for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you, darling. Yeah. So there's two key points to that story that um, were not clear to me until I got much older and started working on myself to grow my business and personal development, that kind of stuff. The key to that is number one, um, I was a salesperson. I sold my teacher on,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, Doing this for me. And most people would say, Oh, that's not sales. You didn't sell a product. Well, no, I had the conversation with him. I had to convince him in order to take certain actions or steps that benefited me. So that's sales 101, if you ask me. And number two, um, I'm real big on visualization. You know, when you say, You know, I went in there and kind of create my own thing, yeah, I do. But the key to it for me personally, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's other people out there who are like me. I need to see it built in my head first. If I can see it built in my head, I've already created it. Just get out of the way, please. Do yourself a favor and just move.
0: <laughs> you just get out of the way. Yeah. I'm standing here. You're in my way. Now, I th- I like that um, because people learn differently and people implement differently and they need different um, – I think they just need different paths to see the possibility You know, it's so many people turn off and they go, oh, I'm supposed to do it this way. I mean, it even comes down to our schools where we're pigeonholing kids. Oh, you're not learning this way. So there's something wrong with you. But that's not the case. And a lot of times when these kids get out of schools, well, I'm not going to say a lot of times, but in my experience, when these kids get out of school, they're able to access different means of learning. They do so much better. So if you're a person listening to this and you're going, man, I don't know how to get there, I want you to think about the visualization aspect of it. Maybe this is something that works. It might be something as simple as doing a mind map or a a vision board. A lot of people are doing vision boards. Have you done Mm -hmm. a vision board?
1: You know, uh, I sat down to do one because it was a cool thing right around January. Yeah. And I spent about 36 seconds on it and I said, fuck it, this isn't for me. (laughs) <laughs>
0: you've got your own vision board and yeah. Your head, yeah. So right? here's,
1: here's, here's how I do it. You ready? Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes back to, back to my car audio days when I had my first business, uh, I did a lot of high-end car audio installations and I, I wasn't, um, I was short minded and I'll get to that in a second. So I did a lot of visualization back then. Again, I didn't know it cause I, I wasn't, my mind hadn't been expanded. I hadn't educated myself in, in that aspect, but what I would do is, The night before I had a big project coming in, I would lay in bed. And before I went to bed, I would visualize me doing the work the next day, step by step. By the time I got into the shop the next day to do the work, it was like, wow, I've already done this.
0: So So, you took that time in bed. And I like this, too, because it's uh, so many people also say, I don't have time. I don't have 10 minutes. I don't have five minutes. When what you and I know, what they're really saying is, I'm not making this a priority. Well, you got to go to bed every night, right? So, why not multitask?
1: Yeah. So, the only difference between then and now is I still do the visualization at night before I go to bed. The difference is I'm not focused on tomorrow morning's job. I'm focused on what am I doing three months from now? What am I doing three years from now? You know, what's that location or that destination? or that family vacation that I'm on with my kids. What does it look like? What does it smell like? Where are we? What are the colors? Um, I'll give you, um, I'll give you a win. Okay. You know, I'm not, I, I usually don't go out there and like talk my wins and stuff, but you know, I think our relationship is open enough where we do it. And um, totally. your audience can definitely, you know, take something away from this. Mm-hmm. So I go to Ryan Stuman's million dollar mastermind in October mm-hmm. of last year, 2018. Mm-hmm. I'm there and I believe Sean Wellen was talking and he was going this huge deep speech about visualization and it hit me hard. Cause had kind of fallen off the visualize before you go to bed deal for quite some time. And I left there and I said, you know what? Like I need to be on that stage in Dallas, Texas next time. So I started visualizing it. Uh, two, about two weeks ago, I received the phone call from a guy that I've been after for almost a year, almost a year and a half at this point. And he invited me to speak at his event in Dallas, Texas, this That's August.
0: Amazing. That's amazing. So
1: you can't tell me that this doesn't work. You know, it might sound crazy and, and hokey to some people, but you know what? Just Just get that shit out of the way and trust the process. I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me in life where the visualization does come true. You just have to keep putting it into your brain intentionally.
0: And you really get what you focus on, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, and it, it, it sounds so simple. It's almost like memeified. You know, you'd yeah. see it on Facebook, like, oh, get what you focus on, blah. Okay, I'll like that, I'll move on. But there's a deeper meaning behind that. You're taking the time to get so intentional. It's almost like um, when you're driving, if you focus on the side of the road where let's say there's a dead goose or something, you're going to drive into the goose, right? So it, it, it's a concept that's a ridiculous concept but it's or analogy, but it's a concept that makes sense. It makes sense in your life. It's It's why people get stuck too. They can't get off of the negative visions. Well, you know, uh, things have been going along so great. So probably the car is going to break down anytime now, better prepare for it. That type of a thing. Uh So you can, you can also attract the flip side. Can't you?
1: Well, totally. I I agree that I I agree with that totally. And uh, you also have to be very conscious of what you allow into your brain, into your mind. You know, what are you consuming? What are you reading? What content uh, are, is coming in? You know, are you focusing on the news? You know, um, who are you surrounded with? And I, I'm, I'm saying stuff that's cliche, but I hate to break it to everyone, it's the truth. It really makes a difference. Yeah. You know, I cut the news out of my life about a year and a half ago, and this past year, I'm not cranky anymore. Oh,
0: uh, you know, yeah.
1: I'm not, I'm not pissed off. I'm not barking at my partner three times a week.
0: You know, you should talk to my husband because he has to watch the news. He'll be like, did you see this? And I'm like, I am so ignoring all of the propaganda right now because I just want to be a happy human being. And And they are controlling what gets put in our head and what we focus on and whatever. And by the way, the Russian face app, People Mm -hmm. are freaking up about it. They're freaking out about it. Dude, everybody has your information already. Yep. Makes no difference to me. It makes no difference. We've already sold ourselves out. The difference is now we know it. So I want to go back in time to your first business. It's cranking right along, and then you hit a wall, and that business is no more, but you have a second business, and you're doing things differently. I know Mm -hmm. the secret. I know what you're going to talk about. But what changed and why did you stop what you were doing to implement the secret you're going to talk about now?
1: Why did I stop? Why I implemented? Pain. Yeah. That was the main reason. Pain. Um, So business number one, and I'll give a brief overview of it. Uh, And and the way that I operated in business number one is how business number two got kicked off. And for the first half of business two, it's how I operated still. Mm. Um, I was a technician. I was the one who went in and did all of the work every day. And when I say technician, I I don't mean just someone who physically works with their hands as a blue-collar trade. I'm talking about the role you have within your business. So if you're a dentist you are the technician within your business because you're the one that has to physically go in there and do the work. Uh, same thing applies, you know, to any other, uh, medical trade there. Um, you know, if you own an auto body shop and you're the one who's sanding and, you know, straightening out the cars and painting them, you're the technician within your business. And if you want your business to grow and scale, you have to stop becoming just a technician within your business. You have to, implement systems and processes, and you have to train others on your technical abilities and the way that you precisely do things in order to get the desired outcome. And that's where we hit a snag in business number two. Um, At this point in time, let me go back a little further in business two here. So business two, top class installations is going to be 10 years old in September of 2019, coming up.
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
1: So about five years into business two, uh, my first daughter came into this world, which is awesome, and it changed my life. Again, sounds cliche, but it's just the truth. It took that major um, incident or event in my life to really kick my ass into high gear. I knew for about two years prior to that that we could be doing better, we could be doing more as a business. And... I knew that myself and my business partner were the roadblocks to us not doing more. So my visualization was to hire a business coach who could teach us more about how to straighten our own shit out, to put it frank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did that. We hired a coach and it led to another coach and we made a lot of you know really good strides in the business and we were more um more focused on the systems and processes within the business more so than the core values and the vision and'll i'll dive deeper into that in a minute here so i'll give you the the biggest pain point that we had uh, at this point we we were growing business we were busy we had more work than we had technicians capable of doing the work so it's a problem but it's a good problem to have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, my partner and myself were the technicians in the job. Still, we were out every day cranking, you know, turning the wrench and installing these tracking devices and cameras and commercial trucks. And, uh, we started hiring more technicians to come in so we could delegate those tasks to them while we focused on, on growing and building the business. And we kept running into a problem with these new hires. You know, every time someone came in, you know, we th- Oh, wow, this guy's great. He's got the skills. He'd come in. He'd work. They would even make it 90 days most, most times, 30, 30 to 65 days-ish, and something would would happen. They'd start to show their true colors. They'd show up late. Oh, I can't come in today. I'm sick. Oh, I got a flat tire. Oh, you guys aren't paying me enough. Like th- And the excuses were just the same thing over and over again. And um, we had a really big project that had uh, come down our way. And- The day before I had found out that one of my guys just, you know, left like no, no notice, no nothing, just up and left and and was gone. All right. Well, we invested three months into this guy or close to three months, you know, between uh, on the job training, any tools and supplies we got for this guy, you know, uh, his fuel expenses, uh, you know, top class t-shirts and hats. Uh, all the all the back end admin work to get him onto our software systems, you know, email and, and this system, that system. And just you added up the man hours to put all that together, which just crazy. So um, it was a Friday morning. I had a session with uh, one of our, our business coaches. And I I walk into his office and we go get a cup of coffee. And um, he looks over at me and he goes, hey, man, you OK you don't look too good today. I said, honestly, man, it's like, Dean, Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm all agitated. Uh, I'm pissed off because I just put all this stuff into place. We just sold this awesome job. We're going to make good money on it. We had all the proper pieces in place to fulfill the work. This guy quits, and he has now fucked the entire machine. And in order to go save the machine from burning to the ground – I got to go and put my clothes back on and grab my tools. Mm. And um, the reason I was so pissed off about it was not the fact that I had to go do the work. I have no problem working. The fact that I had to go and now invest my time, because now I'm also very clear of what I'm worth an hour to my business. Yeah. Okay. I now have to go invest my time into a $10 an hour task. Versus focusing on building the business, which is more along the lines of a thousand dollar an hour task, uh, and it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so my my coach Dean looks at me and he goes, "Are you ready to start listening to me?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, gut shot!" The dude just kicked me where it hurts and like took me down with with this smallest sentence ever. <laughs> And I'm like, I know exactly where this guy is going with this. Uh. And he's like, you got to get clear in your core values like now. I'm like, oh. He, again, he, he was right. He had been talking about it for months in his office. And I kind of just let it go in one ear and out the other. And I was more focused on, you know, the systems, the processes, what software are we putting in place, you know, and all that crap. Meanwhile, I was not I – was, I was putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. I wasn't addressing the foundational problems that were – within the structure of the company.
0: So let's let's stop there for a minute because now core values have become your everything. When you first heard about them, did you think it was some kind of hokey bullshit? And, you know, you're just trying to surpass it like, yeah, yeah, okay, Dean, I hear you, whatever. But I gotta focus on making money. I got to focus on keeping these guys. Mm. I I have other things to focus on.
1: Um, no, at this point in time, I already had uh, I had sold myself. I knew that they were the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, part one, I didn't want to do the work. The pain. Okay, that's honest. Yep, the pain wasn't great enough. Okay, yeah. what we were doing was working good enough until the pain came. You know, um, and. One of the problems that I had with core values, and one of the reasons that got me, you know, to to go ahead and write the book, was there's no clear path. No one tells you how to do it. Yeah. You know, no one. No one says this is how you structure core values. And don't get me wrong. There's a thousand ways you can structure your core values and, and get clear on them. Um, however, I had so much trouble, like sifting through the noise that's on the internet when you Google core values. You know, are my personal values different from my business values? You know, how do I do it? What, where do I start?
0: And how do you even listen to it? Because you started out on quite the journey that involved extended family and friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really went deep into this to discover how am I even supposed to begin identifying core values when it's kind of like being in the forest for the trees, when I can't see introspectively in myself what I am doing, what my actions are doing, what my actions are speaking over and over and over again. So you went out into a small community of people that you built.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I leveraged people within my network, people I was close with to kind of give me that information that I needed that I couldn't see with my own eyes because I was too close to the pain problem. Yeah. You know, I said, Hey, you know, um, here's a little form and it was just, a, basically it was, it was a, a, a matrix with a bunch of different words listed on it. And I, I, handed them a piece of paper and I said, do me a favor, take five minutes out of your day. You can do it right now. You can do it an hour from now. I don't care. I need you to circle the words that are on this list that represent me to you and get it back to me. And I did that with about, uh, seven, eight people nine people. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed was I was getting a lot of the same personality traits or, or words circled and coming back to me. I was like, oh, well, you know, something might be something to look and, and dive into a little deeper and see what we got there. Um, and that's that's pretty much what got started and, and what started to get us clear on this, on this, this issue. And I wound up having my partner do this, and he he was kicking and screaming, didn't want to do it at all. <laughs> and Once we got clear there personally, Mm -hmm. we got back into the coach's office, and it took us a good six months or so. And it was not an easy thing to do. It was not comfortable, and it was downright almost violent at points, okay? Just to be – like we were barking at each other in this dude's office, okay? And, you know, it was like, hey – I'm passionate about this company that we've built together. You're clearly passionate about the company that we've built together. However, we've got to come together here and make this, this ship row in one direction and not, you know, keep going against the tide on each other. And by us sitting down, and like I said, it took about six months. So picture every Friday of every week for six months working Mm. on something that you're like, oh, I have to go work on that project again. (laughs)
0: Because you're like, please (laughs) just drag me in there. All right. This is so freaking joyful, Mm -hmm. but it has to be done. So I want to give a definition of core values. So we are all on the same page because a lot of times what we do is we talk about things, but we don't come to an agreement first of what that definition is. So it might be like the listener might think Robert's going to kill me for saying the listener, the, (laughs) that just sounds so, That just sounds so, you know, just cardboard. Um, but you might think when you're listening, Oh, I think core values are this, but what are they really?
1: Um, I try and give a uh, a brief description and example here. To me core values are are what guide you as a person or as a business to make your everyday decisions.
0: Okay, perfect. And so and you have four ways that you can utilize core values in your business today. If you can't tell uh, I'm open on, on page 15 of your book mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> so I think these are these are really amazing, um, especially the higher and fire to your core values because you're working with somebody that you've worked with a long time. What happens if you guys come to the table and go, you know what, this isn't even going to work? But before you answer that question, I just want to go over the four ways that you can utilize core values in your business today. Sure. So you can hire and fire to your core values. Only do business with people in companies whose core values align with yours. That's, that's key. And we'll talk about that in a minute too. Refer to your company core values while coaching an employee. And then go over your core values during every company meeting to ensure they are deeply ingrained in your culture. So that gives people an idea of what these core values are actually going to do. This is a very, very deep dive into your business, a very deep dive into your intention and your mission. But let's go back in time and talk about you guys are hashing it out every Friday. Are you coming to a point where it's like, I don't even know if I can work with this dude?
1: Yeah, a lot of times.
0: Yeah. And how did, you, how did you handle that?
1: Um, usually it was, all right, let's cut this session short. You guys need to go cool down. Don't talk to each other for a couple of days. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and uh, we're going to come back in on Friday and, and pick up. And, you know, obviously, since we're business partners and we had lots of, of, you know, business issues to discuss throughout the week, we would, you know, we'd cool down a day or so, a couple hours, whatnot, and, and get back together. Um, but we we both realized the the value that was going to come out of putting ourselves through this tremendous pain. You know, it's kind of like you have to go in for surgery and fuck yourself up in order to get better. It's kind of like what uh, what this whole process was. And you know, this is this is our process. I'm not saying that everyone who's going to go and, and and decide to get clear in their core values is going to have struggles like I did. And I think one of the main reasons that we did have struggles is well, two reasons. A, I have a business partner, mm-hmm. and on the back end of that we're polar opposites like we are completely two different people really yeah and that's also the beauty of one of the reasons that top class installations work so well cuz the shit that i despise and want nothing to do with he loves <laughs>
0: You're so honest about these things. <laughs> That's why I was so excited to have you on because I'm like, he is going to cut right to the heart of it. Oh, yeah. If you hate it, give it away. It's a necessary evil. These things are necessary evils. So if you can find somebody that is the yin to your yang, then it's probably going to work out pretty well. And it involves you, when you come to your core values and you're working together too, it involves you putting your ego at the door, doesn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. How did
1: that yeah. feel? Oh, it's the worst thing, you know, cuz <laughs> like <laughs> you know, everyone wants to take credit for doing this amazing thing, you know? And sometimes you just have to give up. You give up the credit, you know, let somebody else take the win, make them feel good for a second. Whether it was your idea or not doesn't make a difference as long as you are moving the vehicle and by the ve- by I say vehicle, I mean the business. As long as you're moving the vehicle in the correct direction, of your mission, of your vision. So if it's going to help the business move along and get to its goals faster, just get your ego out of the way and let it happen.
0: Okay. And what about fear? Did you fear? have some fears as you were working through this?
1: Like, yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, seriously, I had butterflies in my stomach before I got on the damn podcast with you. You know, it's what? like, yeah, it's Aww. just, but I know, I know that's me, you know, like I'm fine now we're, we're in the thick of it, but that's just, it's just the way it is. You know, um, there's fear with everything you do. I was scared shitless when I had my first kid, you know, oh, and I'm sure. fast forward two years later, my wife tells me she's having twins. You want to talk about having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny, funny side story here. Do you, and I, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this cause it's so ridiculous. You want to know what my biggest fear was when my wife told me she was having twins?
0: No, what is
1: it? The fact that I had to change double shit diapers at the same time.
0: Oh my God, you are such a man. Yep. (laughs) Every woman out there is like the collective rolling of the eyes. Oh my God. She's amazing. Jen is amazing. We have to give a shout out to her because she is an evolving partner. Mm -hmm. with you. And I think that's really, really important for people listening. Um, And take into account too, that you might be working with family as you're working on your core values. You might be even addressing your personal core values and evolving together. I know you guys have been together a long time. So I know you didn't start out like, here's the core values and then we're going to get married. And this is going to, like you, you had to evolve into that together too.
1: Yeah, I um I got really lucky with that one honestly. You know, I didn't have the clarity um or the discipline early on in life to, you know, get clear on exactly what I wanted in a in a long-term relationship or a partner. Mm-hmm. Um and I was just I was blessed to be in the right place at the right time and get the right woman in my life.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree because, uh, all of mine was luck. It wasn't like I'm manifesting Deacon. It was like, I'm manifesting a boy and here he is and it'll work. And it turned out amazing, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, it really could have not turned out amazing <laughs> for the amount yeah. of thought that I put into it. So I totally get it. Um, the, the big thing now is everybody's like manifesting their soulmate. We're like we already have ours. So yep. check, check the box. Um, What's changed in your business since you implemented your four core values? And I want to, I want you to share with us what those core values are in your business.
1: Sure. So uh, I'll give you a couple things here. So what has changed? A lot has changed. Like, like holy shit, a lot has changed. Um, every. We, we assess everything with the core values, who we're doing business with currently, uh, who we are looking to do business with, you know, in the future, uh, what we're doing for our employees, you know, uh, and we assess them on a monthly basis, by the way. You know, every month, I don't care how long you've been with me, we have a core values assessment spreadsheet that we use, and we grade each employee on their values. and wow. Um, I had, I had this badass dude build this amazing spreadsheet. I'm not great with Excel and I have charts and graphs that give me an actual real-time score of what our core values are for the quarter. And I'm able to look at that and I can look at the data there and then pinpoint where we're currently having issues or know what kind of issues we're going to be dealing with over the next, you know, 30 to 60 days because the core values are clear.
0: So what I'm hearing from you is that it takes big brass fucking balls to get this honest and to dive this deep and dissect how things are going every single month.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a pain in the ass, you mm-hmm. know, because it's like, oh, my God, I have this business that I own and I have to I have to get all the work done. Like, who the hell has mm-hmm. time to go work on the business? And that's right. going back to the whole uh, technician thing earlier. You know, you, you've got, if you want your business to, to succeed and scale and grow, um, you have to stop doing the day to day. Okay. So, or, or if that's not what you want to do, you then need to not, you need to hire someone who can handle the operation of the business for you.
0: Okay. So then you can do your thing if mm-hmm. that's what you like to do. I'm kind of in that position right now because it is really hard to walk away from the creative aspect of it. Yep, It's really hard to focus on, you know, anything else, but then, uh, I don't know. I must be an alien. Cause I like the operational piece of it too. Like it all excites me mm-hmm. except for like, I'm sorry to say, but the core values I'm like, Oh fuck, you know, I haven't, I haven't taken that time. Uh-huh. And I think people listening right now are doing the same thing. Like you're talking about, I haven't taken that time. But when you take that time, you're actually saving time in the future.
1: Yeah. It's like um, it's like preventative maintenance. You know, you yeah. have to bring your car in every so often for that oil change. Yeah. God, it sucks to bring it in there and drop it off. And the guy takes three hours, you know. <laughs> but at least your engine's not going to cease,
0: yeah, uh, you know, three time. months
1: from now or six months from now, you know. Yeah. That's pretty much what happens with it. So
0: Absolutely. So can you share your core values that you absolutely. came up with for your business?
1: Sure. So we have seven. Uh, this January, we actually added our seventh. Um, we had seen some, some you know, ebbs and flows within the business, and, we, and a couple of uh, not-so-pleasant situations had popped up, mm-hmm. um, and we added another core value. So I'm going to go through them and uh, give you what they are. Cool. So the first one is caring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We do the right thing. So in order to be an employee at Top Glass Installations, you have to care and not just about your car or your girlfriend or your iPhone. You've got to care about the company, your fellow employees, the quality of the work that you're producing, whether it's an office personnel or a field technician installing tracking devices. You have to care about the quality of your work. Resourceful, we Google it first. Okay, so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: this is pretty simple please don't come and ask me a question that you can easily get the answer to if you would just dedicate maybe 30 seconds of your life.
0: Yeah. I'm in, I'm in such agreement with that. And I actually posted something the other day where it was like, when you're working with ballers and one percenters especially, do not ask them to resend you shit. Mm-hmm. That, because that is the way that they'll go, oh, okay, well, this is how I'm going to be spending my time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a waste of time. It's basically mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And mm-hmm. like you said, when you start dealing with the ballers and the one percenters, they are very aware of where their time is spent.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right. Third one coachable. We check our egos at the door and are open minded to possibility. This goes into what we were talking about a few minutes ago. You know, you just the win is for the company, not just you, um, as far as the ego is concerned. And coachable, I mean, whether it's me or, or my business partner. You know, we're still open to being coached. Matter of fact, we still get coached. You know, you have to be open to, you know, doing like, I can't stand it when someone says, well, this is how we've always done it and it works. Well, okay, great. I, I see that it works and you, you've got it. But you know what? There's probably a better way. You have to be receptive and open to learning that better way, that more efficient way to do it. That's where that comes from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Communication. We practice open direct conversation. If you haven't caught in, or caught on to that already, that's
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> a little direct
1: and open. I'll talk about anything.
0: That's why I like it though. Because yeah. you know what and, and you kind of entice me to go back to my roots because I was born on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Minnesota when I was a, a girl. And I wonder, would I be as direct as you? and i like it because there's no there's no mistaking what you're talking about and it's just and there's and there's nothing like um you know passive aggressiveness where huh he might be saying this it's like no here it is and there's there's no emotion behind it it -hmm. just needs to be different and this is why
1: yeah so i agree with you um i i can't stand the mind games you know, if you, and, and I, my whole theory here on this, and my partner's in total agreeance, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're grownups here. We're in business. If you have to tell me something, whether it sucks for me to hear it or not, and it's gonna hurt, please just say it and get it the fuck over with, okay? <laughs> it's like pull the band aid off quick, you know? Don't, don't, you know, peel it off slowly, you know? And on top of that, it's like without communication, my company would suffer really, really bad. So, the way that we have our business model structured, we don't have a facility that people come into. We're we're a completely 100% remotely based team. Wow. Okay? So I've got 20 people on my team. Not one person comes into an office every day.
0: Wow. And so there's a different level of, so I feel like I could I could delve into that with you too, but I want you to keep going. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> so-,
1: <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're a third party subcontractor. So we work for, you know, big GPS company, ABC over here, they send us a work order and say, hey, we just sold 10 units to to Joe's, Joe's Plumbing in Brooklyn, New York. You know, go take care of it. Go contact Joe and schedule it. The communication that needs to go back and forth between, think about this. Not only is it three different companies, but how many people are internal to each of those companies that need to be in the mm-hmm. know of what's going on with this project? Yeah, so communication is paramount. You know, um, the, the GPS company that sells the product to the end user, they rely on us to capture the correct data while we're in the field. We are the eyes and ears of that GPS company. So if we can't report back to them, some accurate information or a situation that popped up, what good are we? They don't need us then they'll, they'll just go hire somebody else.
0: And you take that responsibility very seriously the communication aspect, especially, and not only seriously, but you, you own it. So if there are issues, you don't waste a lot of time, you know, hemming and hawing over emotions. You get in there and you own it and say, okay, well this is fucked up and this is how we're going to improve it. You improve it and you move on.
1: That leads us right into the next core value. perfect Accountability. Yeah. We accept responsibility for our actions and the actions of our team members. So when, you know, Billy Joe over there is on the job site with you and you see him fucking up, don't just turn a blind eye to it because you're all going to take responsibility if something bad happens. Um, That's pretty much, you know, where we're at with that. You know, if somebody, if someone's having a tough time, Call them out on it. Again, communicate. I don't care if it hurts their feelings. We're grown ups. If you're having trouble, come 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 speak to somebody. You know, but the accountability is there and it's it's across the entire team. I'm of the mindset that whatever problems I have in my life right now, I created.
0: That's a powerful mindset. Yeah. It's you are the solution and you are the problem at the same time.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. But it's
0: it's a very powerful mindset, and a lot of people seem to resist it because it means that they're kind of self-flagellating, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a piece of shit. Then I, but that's not that's not the takeaway. The takeaway is how powerful you are.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: Okay, what core value are we on now? Because I that was six. Was that six? Okay.
1: So the seventh one is real simple. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, that's just obvious. <laughs> well, yeah, you'd think so, but no, it's not. Uh, so here we go. Professional. We look, yeah. act, and behave the part. You know, um, everything that we do. Uh, we have The name of the business is Top Class Installation. So when we come at you, whether it's mm-hmm. through an email, a video, uh, our documented paperwork that we, that the installation technicians utilize in the field, we need everything to look, act, and behave professionally. You know, I don't want to hand you a scribbled piece of paper with the serial number of the device that we installed and say, "Oh, here you go, Mr. Customer. This is the box that we put in your vehicle." <laughs> you know, no, like that—that's not cool. You know, I, I like things organized, precise. They have to look pretty. It's all—you it, know—it all comes together in that one piece right there.
0: Anticipatory don't,
1: too. Oh, totally. Yeah, and am I might
0: right? I'm on your website right now Mm -hmm. and you're anticipating what people want to know, what they can expect when they interact with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's very important. The pretty part, I think a lot of people gloss over that now, Mm -hmm. kind of slapdash, put together a business. They focus on getting the money in the door. The rest is going to come. Why doesn't that work?
1: It's a great question. And let me, let me just give you an assessment that I had over the past couple of years. Um, I don't know if it's the same over by you, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: over here, and I'm out of New York, the local garbage men don't wear uniforms any longer. You see these guys wearing like blue jeans and a, and a dirty t-shirt. And I would say 90% of the mail carriers within the New York City area, Long Island area, some of them wear a uniform and some of them wear whatever they want. And it's like... You know, what What happened to the profession? I, I sound like an old fart here, but what happened to the professionalism of you going to work wearing a uniform?
0: Even to handle your garbage. And it, it might be, there's a level of commitment behind that, and there's a level of caring behind that. So um, if you take that off, what differentiates you from anybody else taking out the trash?
1: Yeah. Just, you know. Joe Schmo taking the trash out.
0: Exactly, exactly. And how would you even know? It's Especially, it's illegal to steal garbage, okay? So how would you not know that there's some dude, he's like, this is the way I'm gonna make all my money back. I'm gonna take all the garbage. This is where my paranoid mind goes when I think about <laughs> things like that. But but it makes sense though. Even to take out the trash, you need to be professional. Yep. You need to, like the, the front facing part of you Absolutely needs to be professional so that when your prospects come into contact with you, when your existing clients come into contact with you, they don't even take a second to go, Oh, I'm not sure about them. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's you're asking them for their money, you're asking them for their trust, and that's invaluable. The least you can do is put on some sort of identifying, I don't want to call it uniform, but what do you call it?
1: Yeah, I'd call it a uniform.
0: Yeah. Sure. Okay. Why not? So, so put it on and and who cares how you feel about it? Because that's, if you if you move into, well, I don't want to wear this. Again, isn't that the ego talking?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, this isn't cool. You know, this isn't in style these days. Oh, okay. yeah.
0: We all know what's in style these days, right? Like we're not, I'm not cool anymore. I had to face it. I'm okay with it. I own it. I make my own kind of cool. You know, it's all, all of these opinions are subjective though too. So why not just get over that? So what I'm hearing too is that there's not a lot of room for emotional seesawing back and forth in your business, you have it and you've identifying core values cuts out some of that crap, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, sure. Because, you know, this, this leads right into like the core values become the filter for who you allow into your organization, Mm -hmm. you know, so by putting a new hire through the core value assessment, you know, during the hiring process, which is a whole other topic that we can probably discuss for two hours, you know, (laughs) you, you have to use your core values and leverage them to filter the bullshit before it is allowed into the inner circle of your company.
0: So you design questions that your prospective worker Mm -hmm. is going to fill out. And if they do not pass, then you It takes the emotion out of it, like, oh, crap, I got to tell this guy it's not going to work, because you can simply just say, well, he doesn't line up, and that's that's, what you share with him.
1: That's about the third or fourth step of the hiring process. We actually eliminate most people before then.
0: Before they even get to you.
1: Yeah. we Again, we're conscious of what our time is worth, so please don't waste my time. And what we do on the front end of the hiring process is put very specific tasks in place, with very clear directions that say, if you'd like to be hired for this job, do specifically this.
0: And if they don't. If
1: you don't do this exactly how we tell you to do it here in this very easy-to-read paragraph, (laughs) you're automatically disqualified.
0: (laughs) Like you're a rogue maniac and you don't get to work here. Yep.
1: And you'd be amazed at how people just automatically disqualify themselves.
0: Yeah. And and do they then get an automatic response that says, nope, just a big nope?
1: Yeah. So basically, um, some we have some of our hiring process automated. Some of it isn't. Some of it's manual still,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is one of the things we're working on. But um, in certain instances, for instance, I'll give you uh, our field technicians. They have a field tech assessment test. It's a 10-question multiple choice test, okay, that can be answered by someone doing a simple Google search on all the questions. Okay. Okay. So again, here's resourcefulness. I don't care if you know anything about installing GPS tracking in a vehicle. If you Google it, you can figure out the answers.
0: Sure. you can. They can tell you what you want to hear and if they're lazy. So then you can eliminate that laziness and that resourcefulness. Oh, you're not resourceful. Okay. Exactly. That's not in line.
1: And also, most people don't take the test, so you have we send you an automated email that says, "Hey, here's a link to take this test." Okay, it's a it's a um, like a, a fillable web form on the back end of our website. It's not a published URL. Here's the link. Here's the password to get into it because it's password protected. Take the assessment test, and you have 48 hours to get it back to us. And if we and the second that email goes out, the timer starts. It's all automated. If we don't receive an email or reply back on that form within 20 uh, 48 hours that person is automatically disqualified and they receive the e- the rejection email.
0: And that's perfect because you're you have nothing to do with it.
1: Again, we're 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 leveraging our time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, as we wrap here, this has been phenomenal. I knew it would be, but it's just been phenomenal. You just bring so much value to people and I think you really are kick-starting off a different type of mindset for people who are small business owners and they're stuck and they're working with people that aren't working or they're working with the wrong type of client, et cetera. So I want to thank you for sharing that. And one last question is what's one thing that these small business owners can do to improve their lives and businesses today?
1: That's a great question. Um, one small thing you can start with today. You know this one very well, uh, but it's definitely been a life changer for me. Uh, they need to start practicing gratitude every morning starting now.
0: Yes. If you
1: didn't do it yet today, go spend five minutes and write down five things you're grateful for. And do that every morning for the rest of your life. What does that do? It makes you aware of... Um, where you are your surroundings it makes you grateful for the things that you currently have because i think most people myself included here you know you have these hopes and these aspirations oh i want that big house on the, on the big hill i want the fancy cars you know I, I want all this materialistic shit and you look around you and you're like oh man like my little my little cape house or my little 1400 square foot house or or, or the apartment that i rent or the Toyota celica that i drive is not is like this piece of shit. Like, no, it's not. Like, be grateful. You worked your ass off for that car. You worked your ass off of that house that you currently have. You know, be grateful for the fact that you have a roof over your head and that you have a mode of transportation to get to and from, you know, your job or your business and that you can go out there and produce. And these are just the tools that you're currently utilizing to get to the next goal.
0: That is a beautiful way of putting it. We can get so sucked into this self-perpetuating misery, but I'm not here yet, but I'm not there yet. And so why should I be thankful? But you know, I'm I'm having a hard time dealing with my baby daddy or uh, my kids are crazy or uh, I lost my job. But the Mm -hmm. point is that you're not done. You're not done. So be grateful for the stepping stones of today and even grateful for those lessons. If you open up your mind and allow those lessons to come in, I think making mistake is incredibly valuable. Absolutely. Because it, it gives you that pointed information you would not get otherwise. So even be grateful for your mistakes and approaching life in this way also rewires your brain, doesn't it? Sure does. Yeah. You've got, as a complainer, if people are complaining, you are grooving rivers in your brain and teaching yourself how to anticipate and treat each situation that you get into. So if you get on the road and you're like, man, I hate everybody. You know, I'm going to flick this guy off and do this. I'm going to ride this guy's ass. I'm going to do this. What is going to perpetuate for you instead of going, hey, you know what? I don't feel like getting a ticket today. And I don't feel like having a heart attack. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to do me right now. And then you are going to have that type of day. So talking with you today has felt a little bit like talking to somebody at a Renaissance festival with their hands over a crystal ball. (laughs) A gypsy, a male gypsy that's wonderful. I'm so glad you were on the show today Thomas thank you
1: yeah this is great I, I really I really enjoyed my uh, my time with you today Hillary you know you and I have talked so many times and it was, it's almost a year now that we've we've had you know probably weekly or almost daily communication yeah and um, I'm very grateful that uh, you're in my life my network you know you've you've helped me tremendously and thank you. Um, I appreciate that.
0: Thank you I feel the exact same way about you you've really opened my eyes. To many, many things, and you've brought a lot of joy to my life too. And what you guys don't know is that he's funny AF. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) irreverent and funny. So you heard it here first. It's okay to stop what you're doing, to halt all that crazy entrepreneurial carousel riding and reassess what your mission is. What are your core values? How can you bring deeper, more meaningful enjoyment to your life and the lives of the people you work with to get in touch with Thomas, head on over to thomaskeenan.com. That's T-O-M-A-S, Keenan, keena com. Have him help you get clear on your core values. Then sit back and watch your business explode. Sit back and check your ego at the door and learn what that feels like and that it's going to be okay to get vulnerable. We all need to get more vulnerable in our lives. And this show was definitely a study in that with my wonderful friend Thomas Keenan. Before I let you go today, I want to remind you to head on over to check out jhillmark.com slash bookmark, our brand new editing house division. You know, we're like one of those couples that have been together for 15 years. We finally get married and everybody says it's about damn time. Head on over, check us out, figure out why using an editing house is a lot better than using a publishing house. Here's a hint, a couple of hints. You get to keep your copyrights. You're not sacrificing professional execution. We use the same platforms as the big publishing houses out there and all for a fraction of the cost because we transfer the savings to you. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.